Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders are changing the game. We'll tell you how up ahead. Also, it's Pac-12 Media Deal D-Day. Today on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you once again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. And Chris, great to be back with you once again, my man. And today, kicking off the show, talking about something a little bit different. While we do have some basketball news to get to coming up later in the episode, and of course, we will get to what is coming to be known August 1st, 2023, a day that will live in infamy. Actually, most people will probably forget about it about a year from now. It is Pac-12 Media Deal D-Day, and we'll have plenty more on that coming up. But wanted to start with something somewhat maybe outside of the box for a Texas Tech football fan here today, Chris, but you're going to love that it's going to be included in your box after this episode because this is glowing conversation about the approach for Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders uh, when it comes to hitting the recruiting trail. And I guess maybe I should say more specifically the identification process, Chris, but then subsequently who you're going out and trying to get. I mean, we're talking about in this context, Texas Tech changing the game. Don't take my word for uh, for it. Take Adam Brennemans, who you're going to hear the voice of here in just a moment, college football analyst. And if you haven't quite understood just yet how it's breaking down when it comes to Texas Tech's approach to ID and guys they want and then going and getting them, hopefully we'll be able to give you a better idea of how that works here today. But first, Chris, let's take a listen to Adam and the way that he is viewing what Texas Tech is doing and how it's different from, well, I guess the way it's always been done in college football. The model at Texas Tech right now is that assistant coaches do not pick who they're recruiting. It's really interesting. In, in college programs all over the country, as a tight ends coach at ASU, I decide what tight ends I want to recruit. I'm, I'm responsible for dictating like who the best players are and evaluating them. At Texas Tech, their personnel staff and their director of player personnel makes the decision on who gets offered and who they recruit. And then the tight ends coach or the running backs coach or the receivers coach gets told, here's the receivers you're recruiting. Uh, and they don't really have a say in the evaluation. It's really an interesting model it's 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 another shift towards that college that towards that pro model yeah so i think i think joey uh you know i've talked to coach mcguire about this uh quite a bit over the last year and a half just and and he's the one he loves talking about this kind of thing he thinks it's uh you know because let's not forget james blanchard was uh, on the plane from waco uh to to lubbock initially uh really you know i think it was it was coach blanchard and then debbie uh, were the were the people on that plane? Okay, I mean that that's that's how much uh, he values or he trusts this setup, and it it makes uh, it's a very outside the box and interesting dynamic, and it's outside the box just because this is not the way that it's done at. I would guess ninety eight percent of the you know, and, and everybody's got a bit of a different setup on how they recruit and evaluate and, and coach and, and all those things. But 
it makes James Blanchard and Brian Nance, and I want to mention his name as well, extremely valuable in the pecking order of, of the way your, your staff is structured. Uh, Brian Nance is, is very uh, important and a key cog here too. Don't, don't misunderstand all, at all. And I, but I, I think it's unique because typically if you're like, for example, if you're Zach Kitley, I'd be willing to bet though, that he's got some say so in what quarterbacks that he can recruit. Uh, most positions though, again, it's gotta, it's gotta check, you know, the measurable boxes or the, the athleticism boxes or the, you know, whatever coach Blanchard is kind of looking at, um, because they've got different studies for different positions, you know, the past 15 to 30 years or whatever, typically when a guy is this fast or can run this time and has these, this arm length. You know, they have worked out whatever percentage of the time. I mean, stuff like that. Like, you know, they've really done deep dives into this stuff. <laughs> but but if you're if you're a coach, what's tricky is it's like, man, it's kind of like Bill Parcells used to say. What was the old saying about, man, if you're going to ask me to cook the meal, ought to let me buy the groceries, right? You know, All time. Like, All time. That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and so if you're if you're one of these, uh, you know, assistants, it's like you could theoretically be removed from your job if your group is not good enough, and yet you didn't really get to have any say so in who you got to coach. You know, the other, the, the flip side of that is, is I think that if you're, it's one less thing you have to worry about. Man, I trust Coach Blanchard. I trust Coach Nance. I trust Coach McGuire. Uh, I know that if they're, if, if the guys that they're bringing me, they're going to vet the personal issues. They're going to vet the attitude. Do they love football? Then they're going to send me an athlete. And, and so I'm not worried about it. It's one less thing I've got to screw with. You know, I don't have to sit and, you know, I, I can actually spend more time coaching, developing relationships with my current players, all that stuff. Um, but it's, I, I think, Callan, you, you even said before we started the show, you, you weren't even aware that this is kind of how they were doing it. And it's pretty fascinating because it's just not, this is very uh, much the exception. I guess just, uh, I, I wasn't aware of, the sort of assembly line kind of order in which it would roll. I just thought, and maybe it is, I, I thought it was more so just like a big collaborative process. And I'm sure at the end of the day, it is a big collaborative process, but it really does sound like instead of just a, a general powwow under a big tent, there is an obligation. Hey, you're the first in line, James Blanchard, Brian Nance, you're the first in line. Here's the identification department, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be culpability, I guess, there with those guys when you give them that type of leeway or, or that type of obligation or responsibility. Um, and in the hope that you would take something, I guess, off of the plate of an assistant or your coordinator uh, to an extended degree, Chris. But, yeah, I didn't imagine that, um, that it was that far removed, at least as is being described, uh, I guess, from the realm of the assistant uh, or the or the coordinator, and I just thought that also requires. I mean, you already mentioned the word trust, which is a mandate if you're going to do something like this, right? I mean, you've got to be able to trust in the guys who are going through that identification um, to really have some ability to do that. And you got to trust in your head coach, I guess, because he's the guy that's put them in that position uh, to begin with. But I can't imagine, like, without continuity and some staff as well. Like, how hard is that to pull off also? Because if you're rolling in some different guys every other year or every year, 
you know, and they're somewhat new to this. You're coming as an outsider. I just wonder how many assistant coaches, you know, hear that and then think, whoa, well, wait, I kind of want a little more control or I, I mean, I'm sure it takes some getting used to and establishing that trust, man, that's a process. That's not some switch you just flip or something that happens overnight. That takes time. And that's what coaching is. It's, it's uh, you're, you're in control. I mean, and, and yet you may not really be in control because you're coaching people and it's like, okay, I don't ultimately have control, but I have to make a, a million different decisions trying to empower other people to go, you know, win a game for me or, or whatever the case may be. But it, it is c- coaches that, it, it, you know, a lot of coaches, not, I don't want to say control freaks, but th- they're just used to being in charge or, hey, run faster. Yes, sir. Or be on time. Yes, sir. I mean, whatever. But it's one less thing that they're, yeah, they're, they're not in control here necessarily. And I, and I do, I, I, I don't want to not suggest, I think there's some give and take and some back and forth here. Sure. That's part of that trust. You know, Hey man, I, I heard some things about this young man. I don't know if, you know, if there's a tiebreaker, let's go with uh, option A and not option B, whatever. I don't know. Um, I just think, yeah, there's probably some back and forth there. There's probably some, hey, I heard about this kid. Well, let me, you know, Blanchard probably let me take a look. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's somewhat collaborative. But at the end of the day, right. I think this is generally the way their system is set up. And I think that this is what Baylor was doing. I don't know if they still operate this way or not, but this is how Baylor was doing it under Matt Rule. And it clearly worked. They won a Big 12 championship. And I think that's where Joey kind of – learned it, honed it, uh, perfected it, and and has kind of got his own spin on it here. And guess what? It's working here as well. Well, that's uh, what I know. wanted to throw in, what you just ended with there. If you've got proof of performance, success on the field, uh, it's maybe a lot easier to trust those identification guys, right? Yep, I, I agree. <laughs> and, and, and not only with the high school prospect, but this is a – yeah, th- this is a portal like evaluation process as well, to which I think – that team's evaluation, you know, the 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 Blanchard, the Nance, and, and and the folks that are in charge of that, the player personnel group, their evaluations and ability to evaluate the portal candidates is as valuable as anything in the program. Because think about it. Um, yes, they they kind of knew Dre McCray. Yes, they kind of knew Rusty Stats. Uh, I don't know if anybody really knew Steve Linton. I don't know if anybody really knew C.J. Baskerville. There was a relationship with Braylon Lux. You, you get my point. But their ability to kind of hone in on, okay, does this fit uh, chemistry-wise? Does this fit athletically? Does this fit what, with what we need? And ability to do it really, rather quickly because sometimes, man, in, in those settings, those decisions are having to be made. Yes, we want you. We want you here on a visit. It's all happening very, very quickly because there's there's a time crunch, and now that window is actually going to be shortened. So I think their evaluation process in that space is as valuable as anything. But yeah, Coach Blanchard, man, he, he's a very valuable part of what uh, of what they're doing over at Texas Tech football. And Joey McGuire would be the first one to tell you that. And if Tech keeps winning, um, and maybe you know, advances as far as win total to the the next phase or the next step, next level uh, this season. I'm almost going to be viewing, I think, uh, or anticipating viewing Coach Blanchard like Wes Welker in the slot. He's just created a new position. They're going to be James Blanchard's popping up all over the Big 12 or 
all over the country. And uh, glad to hear another category in which Texas Tech is included among those uh, at the leading edge, and they may be at the tip of that kind of spear. We've seen some of that payoff already, prep level or transfer portal. Hopefully we see that continue. All right, turning the page and coming up dead ahead. Finally, the nation has turned to George Klyavkov and said, stand and deliver. It is Pac-12 media deal D-Day. What's that mean and what is to come on the other side of it? We get to it next on Locked on Texas Tech. First, today's episode brought to you by eBay Motors. And if you want a championship team, you need championship parts that fit together just right. And it's no different with your vehicle. Every part's got to fit exactly right. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits exactly right the first time, every time. Just head on over to ebaymotors.com, add your ride info to the My Garage portal, and look for the green check to know the part is going to be an exact fit or you're getting your money back. No risk in sports, life, or anything in between. Confidence is going to be the name of the game, and that's exactly what you're going to have when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from and with the right parts guaranteed, you're going to be back in the game and on the road in no time. So get the right parts, the right fit, and at the right prices on ebaymotors.com now. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Thanks for joining us again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris. I'm Casey coming to you from west of the 100th Meridian where it's really going down. And actually plenty going down out westerly uh, today, Chris, as anticipation of the Pac-12's long-awaited media deal being presented this morning. And depending upon what time you're listening to this, because I think this is an early morning thing, could already be in the rear view. Uh, But apparently now numbers are going to be presented to those remaining in the Pac-12. That will not obviously include Colorado, but you might have seen some reporting on this in the last 24 hours, just to kind of recap some of what you've seen out there. Uh, a big, big streaming percentage. Some are saying only streaming announced at this time with possibilities of licensing linear broadcasts. And by linear, we mean real network, if you're not familiar. Also, are you ready for this one? Sit down if you're a Pac-12 fan. $20 million range as far as a member institution payout translation, not going to cut it. And something else I thought was really interesting, Chris, I saw this from Pete Thamel. Finally, at long last, some reporting that (gasps) Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah may band their futures (laughs) together. And if that eventually happens, I'm going to be Antonio Banderas in the GIF looking at the computer and then just leaning back with a big smile ready for a smoke. (laughs) Because that has been seemingly the writing on the wall all along, but... Boy, howdy, there's been some uh, kicking and thrashing, like trying to throw a cat into a bathtub uh, to make that happen. I don't know if it will, but there's a lot of interesting things in the wind uh, over the last 24 hours or so. Yeah, so here's here's the here's the weird part of it, because th- there's a lot that's being said and by reputable people and then non-reputable people that kind of are just, <laughs> right. you know, you, you know what I'm saying. 
everybody's got a Twitter account, right? Or an That's X right. account, whatever it is. You know, I don't know well, what we call this uh, app that we're, we follow these days. Here's what I think I know. I think it's very bizarre timing for the TV deal to come out now. Um, I can't imagine that this came together in 24 to 48 hours. Uh, if you had something, why wouldn't you have presented it last week when, you, you know, I can't imagine they wanted Colorado to leave because their, their conference stands to, you know, on the, it, it's, it's on the brink here. Yes. And, and so is it, is this just what he did have? And he's like, okay, I guess I gotta, you know, show my hand now. I think that it, I think I know that it is mostly streaming or a lot of streaming simply because there's too many reputable people that we know and that we've referenced on this uh, uh, show that there's not enough reporting on the actual linear, you know, f- folks that would be involved in this thing to suggest that there is a platform uh, for, for this content. I, I think that. The folks that live in this space that report on it daily have told you there's just not a lot of inventory here on on the main you know linear channels, and I think that it was pretty telling. Here's what else. Okay, so let's file that away. What else I think I know is I think the Colorado AD and president were telling you very much last week. It's very important for us to, in our brand, to be seen on ESPN and Fox. That was yes. a big draw to us. He said, we that, want to be down with ESPN and Fox at the end of the day. That was a huge that, quote that just went kind of under the radar. Yeah, and, and it was clearly a bullet point that they were trying to, you know, come, you know, get across to everybody. And they weren't, they didn't, they didn't say, you know, we've seen the Pac-12 deal and it doesn't have any of this stuff. But, I mean, they were telling you this is a big reason why we are doing what we're doing. Right. So, and I and I do think that, yeah, I've seen anywhere from 20 to 25 a year. Uh, if that, um, I think that, you know, you're, you're going to see a lot of the Apple, you know, conversation, uh, Apple Plus, whatever. So, We'll see. It will be leaked fairly quickly uh, because people want to justify their decisions. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, it, 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 we will become aware of it uh, rather soon. The, 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 the part of the reporting about those three schools sticking together, yeah. that all revolves around nobody wanting to be responsible for putting a bullet in this league. That's that is just uh, I, I think that they are having a hard time stomaching this. They may know the eventuality. I don't think anybody wants to have that legacy like you are solely. I mean, because I've seen and you've seen it, too. It's like I think is, is it um, I'm trying to Robin Robbins or, or the president, oh, yeah, the Arizona president. Yeah, yeah. there's a president. And people are saying he is the most powerful man in college athletics on this very day. I don't think he wants that responsibility. He he may ultimately do Chris, it, although nobody would. Yeah, you know, USC so. held the gun. How I, I don't understand any of this. There's always a thought like, well, yeah, Big Ten wanna, doesn't want to expand. Greg, Greg Sankey held the gun. The commissioner I'm just of the like, SEC. Big yeah. Ten doesn't want to look like they're killing the Pac-12 by taking Oregon and Washington. Buddy, it's over. <laughs> yeah. And then you got the Arizona Get over guy. It. And then I'm yeah. telling the Arizona guy, friend, it's not your fault. It's over. Just come on over to the life raft. 
I, that part drives me insane. You don't want to be seen as X, buddy. It's out. We all see you. <laughs> yeah. You're the king without no clothes or whatever that is. The emperor without any clothes. No, he had no, I don't remember. There's a naked emperor running around. The <laughs> Arizona president is naked. Headline. Leave the show with that, if nothing else. Yeah. I. The uh, the limbo that people are playing, as far as optics are concerned, maybe the yeah. most frustrating part of this for me, Chris. I, I don't disagree. I think that's where they're coming from. I think the rest of everybody uh, looks at it and goes, man, come on, fellas, it's over. Like, you know, and you don't because, because there is some, there is some shatter in like the Arizona state and Utah circles to where they've been pretty standoffish. Um, and they've also been semi engaged behind the scenes with, with the, the big 12 and whatnot, because I think we all know, Hey, my, my preference would have been that Oklahoma and Texas would have stayed in this league. Guess what? That's not what happened. You, yeah. you, you adapt and thrive or attempt to thrive. And I think there it's like the stages of grief. Like you talked about on yesterday's show. I think some of these folks are still, they're still working through that. <laughs> but I think that some of the folks that are surrounding the Arizona state and the Utah camps are kind of slowly going, if you try to have, you know, put your pride at the forefront here, or don't want to be seen as following BYU in Utah's case oh or Arizona God. State in, in, in Arizona's case or whatever. And, and you can kind of claim that you're in solidarity and, and all that because I'd be willing to bet you the Big 12 would go, we got room for three. Yeah, what, what table you want? You want a booth? You want a table? Uh, you want to sit on the patio? <laughs> patio. Yeah, where, 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 where you want? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, so. Hey, uh, and how know. about the Oregon cat? I think, was it their AD saying, well, I don't remember what Colorado's ever won. That was Dan Oregon. Lanning, who will be in Lubbock, Texas on Are September the Yeah, September can, the 9th. You can also just say nothing. Like, you know, the old saying of better to be thought a fool than open your mouth and, <laughs> and prove everyone right or whatever? <laughs> yeah, that's it's right. Like, buddy. I don't know why I'm calling everybody buddy today. I'm being real patronizing because I hate. Well, you, you, friend, you could you refer to buddy, guy, chief, pal, captain. Get a grip, guys. Is all I can say. The reality is here. I mean, it really is fascinating to watch. And you and I, unfortunately, as I've referenced before, are just so jaded and numb to these things because we've gone through it for well over a decade now. So it's hard to remember what it first felt like. You mentioned, hey, we still want UT and OU in the league. I still want Nebraska, Missouri, Colorado, yeah, and the Aggies too. in the league. So we are uh, weathered. As and I want TCU out. Yes. I and Houston, Houston and out. <laughs> Don't get me going on my wish list. We're already yeah. running out of time, and we got a few more things <laughs> to get to here today. All right. Buckle up, because this week uh, could be seismic, as they say, for the college sports landscape. And hopefully you'll join us right back here on Locked on Texas Tech. To discuss it all. Before we're out of here today, Tech Hoops news we want to get to. Got a ball game going down in Cowtown, and the scene gets buffer in Lubbock. I'm glad to have some more company, boys. I'll tell you what I mean next on Locked On Texas Tech. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech a part of your day, wherever, ever. However, you're making it happen. We appreciate you. With Chris, I'm Casey. Wrapping this one up with Tech Hoops News. And let's start with the ball game, Chris, because we had kind of alluded to this, I guess, weeks or months ago. And you can just kind of tell me where I'm tripping up over some of the details. But if I'm not mistaken, this is a Georgia replacement 
No, St. John's replace. Who are we replacing at this point with <laughs> Vanderbilt in Fort Worth, which was the announcement for Coach McCaslin and his team taking on the Commodores? I, I think the answer to your question is yes. Um, I, I look, they, they had a, a mid December game, I believe, with St. John's in the garden. I think shortly after Rick Patino got that job, that game and and series because I think it was a home and home, it was it was off. Um, you know, we're not going to do that anymore. And so, I think, uh, if you're Texas Tech, you okay, now we need a potential neutral site game, we need another, you know, meaningful game on our non conference schedule. Originally, there, there's a company that's been putting this together. They're trying to tie it in with like the the mili- what's what's the the Armed Forces Bowl? Maybe is the one that's in Fort Worth, and then there's the maybe the, there's the Military Bowl. It's in Dallas. Anyways, they're trying to tie it in, and I think that Air Force, I believe, is playing on the on the card or on the docket uh, that day at Dickey's Arena. Um, and I think, you know, TCU will be featured in a game. I think they're playing Arizona State, if memory serves. I think Air Force may be playing UTA, I think, if memory serves. But this was originally – Baylor was trying to get in this event, from what I'm told. Uh, the folks putting it on, I, I think, you know, it just – things didn't work out. And I think that originally, yeah, they had slated Georgia for uh, the opponent for Texas Tech. But, anyway, they, uh, they have gone to Vanderbilt. I guess this is this will be kind of a consistent thing that they try to make happen in the Metroplex specifically. I don't know, maybe Houston or th- this seems like something they want to do consistently with Coach McCaslin year year in and year out. Yep, and you're displaced around in your arena at this point of the anyway because of graduation and finals and all these different things that go on. Uh, so yeah, that that is uh, at play anyway. You wouldn't be able to, but I, I think it's just the sweet spot right before the holidays. Uh, that and again, it's a short road trip. Uh, you've got a ton of uh, fans in, in Fort Worth, and you know you've been in Dickey's Arena before. It didn't go so well. You got uh, worked, I think, against the University of Houston yeah. uh, and Kelvin Sampson uh, a few years ago. But uh, uh, okay, uh, yeah. I tell me before we're out of here uh, about a guy that will be joining him on the trip uh, to Fort Worth. Kellen Buff Buffington is now a member of uh, Grant McCaslin's staff. Yeah, it becomes official. Uh, I I think that this could be as important uh, to Grant McCaslin as James Blanchard is to Joey McGuire. I really believe that. Not Mm -hmm. that the setup will be the same. I think his relationships, uh, I think longstanding in in the Metroplex, and I saw so many former players, tech players and otherwise. I mean, Kyler Edwards even was like, you know, but everybody in the Metroplex or the greater Metroplex that is is – been involved with high school basketball or has played in a tournament there, you've come in contact with Kellen Buffington. And he's responsible for the very high-end AAU events uh, that go on with high school kids and national events that go on in the Metroplex. And he's very well respected. I think he's going to be the in charge of like on-campus recruiting um, you know, kind of setting up recruiting for who they go after whatever. And then kind of just, Again, general manager, I think, is his title, which is, again, a bit outside the box. But this is what we're seeing um, in, in the college space these days with with NIL and recruiting and portal and all that being so different. You kind of have somebody, OK, you're in charge of this stuff. I'll just worry about this. You worry about that. And it's much like our man Rick Cooper was kind of doing last year, although I think Kellen Buffington's role will be a little bit different than Rick's was. 
uh, last year because every coach wants something different from certain folks. But this was a really big hire, in my opinion. Um, and I think as big as the Dave Smart hire was, this one was very big. But his staff is finally complete. He's added some really hard-nosed X's and O's. He's added some big-time recruiting ties. And so we'll see what it all equals. The, that scene and that context, AAU, et cetera, is so far out of my wheelhouse that uh, I only have to defer to others who are smart and tapped into that scene. And there seems to be a lot of excitement from those people mm -hmm. surrounding this edition for Texas Tech. So we'll see how it plays out. It, it's a different age, obviously. So you're tapping into some avenues and resources now as a programmer, you better be, uh, that maybe you weren't previously. And it's going to be kind of a new concept to get used to possibly for some, probably me included. All right, we're back at it on the other side coming up tomorrow. Hope you'll join us right back here on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts for the next round of Locked On at Texas Tech. Chris, I imagine we may have some more realignment news to discuss as the week goes on. So lather up, my friend. Get ready, buddy. Come on back, pal. Hope to see you then, Chief. Keep up alive, everybody. <laughs> yes, Lieutenant uh, Cowan, <laughs> yes, signing off. Yeah. Signing off. <laughs> Transmission ending. Yeah, that's right. for the next one. For Chris, I'm Casey. Thanks for joining us again on Locked On Texas Tech.